My name is Jenna, but you already know who I am. Who are these two? I'm Brent. I'm Val. Welcome to Fandalites. The weekly podcast where me, Brent, and this week's special guest, Val, Brent's wife. Possibly a controller. Possibly a controller. We weren't going to say, I wasn't going to say that on air, but there it is. We've said it multiple times. That's fair. She knows. But do we know? (laughs) (laughs) This week is book 47, The Resistance. Val, why don't you, you, so you've never read any Animorph books before this one? I haven't. Excellent. She hasn't listened to any episodes of Fandalife either. (laughs) That's great. I love to hear that. So this is completely blank slate, tabula rasa here. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Would you give us your summary of what happened in this book? I would love to. In The Resistance, Jake's encounter with the Yerks runs somewhat parallel with the journal entry he discovered in his basement written by a great-great-uncle, Isaiah Fitzhenry. As Lieutenant Fitzhenry tries to win his battle against the Confederates, the Animorphs have united with the Trekkies that they had stumbled upon in the forest to save the valley of the free Hork-Bajir. When they felt all was lost and hope had dissipated into a small stream of water, they discovered two small brown animals with a flat paddle-shaped tail and immediately knew as a morphed beaver they could save the day by flooding out the yurks. While the battle was successful, lives were lost, families were destroyed, and lives were changed forever. They may have fought off the opponent today, but it was just one step in this battle called life. That was, that was so fun. That was so much better than any of the summaries we've ever written <laughs> for even a single one of these Thank books. You. I fucking can't believe it. Well, let me follow that up with my fucking dumb summary. Yes. A free hork is captured, and the rest of the colony wants to fight to defend their home from the Yerks. The Animorphs agree to help and build a water dam trap. Jake and Tobias attempt to scare off some campers, but recruit them instead. They fight off the invading force and then decide that a symbolic victory is enough and retreat. All throughout, the story flashes back to Jake's Civil War-era relative who is defending a village with too few troops. It's an a- allegory and a bad one. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the Isaiah uh, Fitzhenry or Fitzpatrick or whatever journal entry was bullshit padding, oh. and uh, this this one was ghostwritten by Ellen Guru, um, who also wrote thirty three, forty one, forty three, and forty five. This is the last one in the series that she wrote. You may remember she got her start by delivering cookies to Kay Applegate <laughs> and Michael Grant uh, when when their son was just born. The best origin story. Uh, I think maybe she just wanted to write historical fiction. I really get that impression. I think she ran out of material. Yeah, it, honestly. it felt like, it did not feel like the flashbacks were serving the main story. It felt like the main story was serving the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not and, in a good way. <laughs> and it was like super polite of Isaiah to finish his journal, last journal entry while he lay dying on the battlefield. <laughs> Right. Hold on, do we know that he died for sure? No, we don't, but it was certainly a dramatic he... way to end his journal if uh, if he didn't it, it die. It was very came dramatic. Came back and filled it out later, like, and that's the last entry. Pen trails off, blood splatter. <laughs> Ship it. 
<laughs> Stephen King of his day. Uh, yeah, it was just sort of a mess. Like, it just didn't serve... It, the alleg- it, I don't understand how it was supposed to connect back to the story of the hork and trying to defend their colony, which is we will get into because that's its own sort of mess. Like, I don't understand what... What did the fla- what were the flashbacks doing? They were taking page space that yeah. we didn't have mm-hmm. to spend. Yeah. It was a good half animals. of a book right there. Yeah. And and boy, has that been annoying up till now. And now that we're in Endgame, for us to loop back on that is double the worst. Um, so we also managed to pick, apparently, the absolute worst book <laughs> for Val to join us on. Because this is the first one that I can recall not having the first chapter info dump that explains all of the stuff. Yes. So she was just having to figure out um, all of the names and aliens and words as we went along. Um, so I want to see what Val's guess is. We have not discussed this. No. So I want to see what Val was able to put together just from the context of this book. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, okay. I, well, some of it is obvious. Yes. You know, I feel, um, you know, the Yerks are obviously attacking... Um, Humans, not not just humans, but the hork vajir also. Right. Pretty much anything living, they're attacking. Um, you learn towards the end of the book that they're attacking them basically by infesting their brains. Right. That's accurate. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you don't know in society who has been infested. Yeah. So, like, his brother... He really just was upset about his brother because his brother's a controller. Yes. I don't know why he thinks that, but he does. Maybe something happened in a previous book. Yeah. In one of the 46 books that yes. came up to this. Yeah. Happened. yeah. Maybe that was like book number three or something, but... Book number one, actually. Number we learned very early. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, the one yes. we learned. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the Animorphs and like what you were able to suss out about them? Yeah. So... What I got is um, the Animorphs, they can morph into any animal that they have previously touched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I wasn't sure how that worked, but once the beavers came along and she tried to scoop the beaver out and Damn. the beaver bit her, I realized that's how this works. Because then if you could, if you could be any animal ever, that would be too easy. Sure. You have to touch them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It adds a little bit of thrill. It does. It yeah. does. And, you know, Tobias, to me, obviously, in my opinion, Tobias is opposite. Okay. Um, so I feel that Tobias is some kind of bird. Okay. That morphs into a human. Okay. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's just kind of what I gathered. I um, think it's accurate to what Tobias is now. Mm-hmm. He okay. did He did start out as human and then got stuck as a bird. Yeah. Oh. And but then... he kind of chose, he kind of chose that life. Lucky. To be a bird. Yeah. yeah. I would rather be a bird. He, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it means that... It's hard for him to be Rachel's boyfriend. Oh, boyfriend. <laughs> okay. That's why he was I, on his shoulder. Yeah, because yeah. I thought it was like, you know, like the parrot on the pirate's shoulder. I didn't yeah. think there was any kind of romantic relationship there. There probably isn't at this point. Well, we know they go out on dates yeah. and that they've kissed when he's human, presumably. That's true. You could morph into humans, so... We did learn a couple books ago that morphine cures infections, which is why Cassie doesn't have to get that beaver bite looked at, and why Rachel doesn't have to worry about Salmonella if she does kiss him as a bird. Yes. You've just cracked... You cracked open an egg that I'm just going to seal back up in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to duct tape that egg back together. No, no, no. Tobias doesn't lay eggs. He's the bird. (laughs) You're the bird in this podcast, bro. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Everybody knows about the bird. 
<laughs> now, it's the word. The the character that was most interesting to me is Axe. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel for a newcomer, it did not really describe him, her, or yes. it did not whatever. Not even yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Why would you need to know that even? No. Right. Yeah. It only happens in every single other book until this one. <laughs> I feel that in one form, Axe is not actually present. Okay. Um, I do, just from how the book worked, I do believe Axe can morph into, because I think he did morph into a beaver. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think he can morph into a beaver or appear. Maybe morph isn't the right word because if he doesn't exist, he can't morph into anything. Yeah. So I think he could appear as something. But I kind of felt like he w- he's just not really present. You can hear him. Well, uh, I can see where you'd think that because he was using the thought speak yes. formatting for all of it. Mm. So Axe is an Andalite, which is a kind of alien that looks like a deer uh, with two beefy arms on its neck and a, a, a sort of human head, but with no mouth and two extra stalk eyes. And they always communicate via thoughts. And a big tail oh. that hits oh, yeah, on like a, a scorpion, a, yes. like a sharp scorpion like a tail, blade. basically. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yes, yeah. and they're blue. Yeah, and Much they hate the Yerks. different Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the ones who invented the morphine technology that the Animorphs have been using. Hilariously, they're not that into it. No, they don't mm-hmm. use it. Yeah, the Andalites aren't that into morphing. Which, like, okay, <laughs> let's take a break from interrogating Val for a second to talk about the fact that they just drop in this mm. book that they can now morph genes. Like, yes! it's no big fucking thing. I'm so glad you caught that too, Brent. That was so outrageous. That was the most outrageous thing in this book. Just out of nowhere. So, to set the scene for Val a little, in the previous 46 books... The only clothes that they have been able to morph and keep when they morph back instead of just yes. destroying are really tight things. Yes. Like, like spandex. Yeah, like spandex. Athletic wear. Gym outfits. Yeah, so that they're not a bunch of 14-year-olds nude yeah. in most of yes. these books. Which would be unpleasant for us adults. <laughs> oh, right, right. There, there's a, a little, a couple scenes early on where they're trying to figure it out. But in book one, they're like, okay, and so they actually <laughs> don't have to be nudes. Yeah, but in this book, uh, all the... Fucking sudden. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Jake's like, yeah, we've morphed a lot, so we can morph genes now. Yeah, we figured what? out. Even though in like a one or two books ago, Cassie was on the goddamn Outback in torn, shredded spandex. But oh, they managed to finally figure it out. But don't you think it's like the more experience points you get, the better clothes you get? Oh, you're on. saying they've leveled up. They have. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, maybe they all mm-hmm. took the feet in between Cassie being stranded in the Outback in shredded uh, leotards. To this book, yeah. Maybe yeah, they it just up. happened. The yeah. problem, of course, is that the rest of them just took the feed. Cassie, as in a stream class, has to wait until she gets it as a class feature, which oh, is like two so levels annoying. later. Right. It's... And like if your DM isn't cool with you swapping out. Yeah. Such, which is fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. But nah, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> um, the reason I thought of this was because uh, we haven't really talked about it much, but I think the Animorphs are probably the most experienced morphers in the galaxy at this point. Because yeah. the Andalite military... While they're all morph capable, they don't really use it a lot. Yeah, it seems like from the Andalites we've seen, they mostly use... Guns? They, I was going to say they mostly use morphing to morph into other species and marry other species and fuck that's, other species. That's true. Andalites get... Like get the, they freaky. That is the majority thing that we've seen Andalites use morphing for, which I get. I get it, but... Yeah, the, the Animorphs are actually, for sure, 100% the best morphers in the galaxy. Right, because the Andalite military has guns and a blade on their tail all the time, and the Andalites are human children. Yeah. The so all they've yeah. got is the the morphs that they've managed to acquire. Yeah, and sometimes cars that they steal. Right. 
<laughs> Good books. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about, this was a huge, huge plot hole that I don't have a fix for, that I just want to lay on y'all's feet. Mm-hmm. That free hork Bajir that the Yurks captured absolutely knows that the Andalite bandits are human. Which is something that the Yurks don't know, supposedly, depending on who you listen to. If you right. listen to us, all of the Yurks other than their leader know, because yeah. their leader's a dipshit. Right, and they just don't want to tell him because he'll decapitate him. Yeah, he will if, kill If they say something, he doesn't. It just seems like they, the hork colony was naturally very concerned that that free hork was going to give away their position. Which is fair. Exactly what happens. But the fact that the Animorphs aren't like, oh shit, that free hork definitely knows our secret. And knows about our human identities and knows our faces. And now the Yurks know that. That didn't even seem to occur to them. I think by this book, they're becoming less concerned with that OPSEC because they're debating, even in the book, about revealing themselves. And the fact that Jake just kind of goes with the Rachel plan uh, yeah. without, like, they could have, he could have probably figured out a way to scare off those campers by showing up. Like, just a be tiger? a bear. Just yeah. be a bear in the woods and knock their shit over. Yeah, yeah. They could have left, but he's like, I think he just low-key agrees with Rachel that it's time, since the Yurks are escalating, they're on their way to a hot war, that it's time to just sort of reveal themselves. Yeah. Marco's already fucked over, so <laughs> yeah. he's burned. Yeah, Tobias and Axe. I mean, at the at this point... Yeah, at this point, it's just Jake, Rachel, and Cassie who still have their, like, civilian identities. Yeah, and that that's only by virtue of the Chi being able to stand in for them. Yeah, and which, at this point, they're doing more than, like, the Chi are living their lives more than they are. That's which true. It seems like, if I were them, maybe just don't anymore. Maybe it's just time. I almost wish that we'd had Val read the book where the Chi were introduced, because I think she'd get a kick out of Camelites. Oh, I, yeah. I really think I would enjoy that, because I really wanted to know what the Chi were doing while they were away. Yeah, yeah. so the Chi are these um, these androids mm-hmm. uh, that can project holograms around themselves, mm-hmm. and they've been on Earth forever. They were built by a pacifist species called the Pemelites, who, spoiler alert, like they got absolutely curb stomped by some other invading species, but the Chi saved them by merging their essence with wolves, and that's why we have dogs, who are good boys. And so the Chi, who are programmed for nonviolence, have like an underground dog park where they just have all these dogs hanging out. (laughs) Because that's their, yeah, that's their their friends, our dogs, (laughs) their creators. Yeah, Um, and they're very good. They stand in for the Animorphs, and the Animorphs can't go to school and shit. They project a hologram and pretend to be... They literally have the best job. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. I like the Chi a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, they've grown on me a lot. When they were first introduced, I was like, what is even this happening? <laughs> I didn't remember them when we started this yeah? podcast. Like, at all. Oh, man. I, I didn't until, like, we opened the book and I saw the word Chi, and I was like, oh, right, these guys. <laughs> it was only briefly mentioned in this book. Yeah, they're sort of, yeah, they, they cover a lot of plot holes. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is great, but also one of the Chi, Eric, every time he, sh- every time he showed up and said some bullshit he's done in the past, like, oh, I helped build the pyramids. I liked him a little bit more. And so now I just like him a lot because he's done that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, my headcanon, at least, is that he's entirely just winding them up to see what, how much he can say he's done directly in history before somebody calls him out on it, and they have not yet. No, I don't think they ever will, because what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Okay. You, no, you fucking did Okay, matter. immortal a- a- android. <laughs> I don't think you were a George Washington's hairdresser. <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. Uh. Oh, shit. 
That's how he finished the journal. What, you think there was a chi in his Isaiah regimen? Isaiah was a chi. Oh. He was posing uh, as as a, a, a Union soldier okay. uh, because that's they just do that sometimes. Yeah, they do uh, just so, do that sometimes. Yeah. So he got shot and then just laid there until everybody left and then got up and finished the journal and dropped the coat and the bayonet <laughs> and the journal off with the person whose brother Sally. he had taken oh, over yeah. their life of. <laughs> yes. I like that a lot. I regret that we don't see more chi in the flashbacks. Yeah, we need a chi chronicles for sure. Shit. Stop saying that we need more chronicles. Even we though do. we do. We do. I agree. But we're never going to get them. Well, I mean, you never know. Michael Grant's working on some stuff. That's true. He's working on a, a movie deal and maybe a, a graphic novel option. So Good for Okay, good for them. I'm looking over my notes now. So yeah, you, you guessed right, by the way, because Val said Tobias was some sort of hawk. Yeah. Red-tailed hawk. Yeah, yeah. It's and I very think they well actually observed. said that eventually mm-hmm. that it was a, specifically a red-tailed hawk. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was well but observed. Before, yeah, before I even read that, I was like, "This has got to be some kind of bird." Yeah, was it the sound effect of him calling? <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, it was not the sound effect that hit me off. It was about when it was mentioned that he like landed on Rachel's shoulder. Oh, okay. And I was like, Gotta "What kind of animal does that?" Yeah. Has to be a flying animal. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Anything else that would be on her shoulder wouldn't have landed. It would have climbed up. Exactly. Call. A monkey from a tree could have fallen. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it at the time. No, you. I mean, you went with your instincts. Yeah, one hundred percent correct. Exactly. It's really impressive. So, could you figure out from the book what the taxons were? Hmm. Oh, you know what? I feel like they were like squishy gushers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Right? Yes, they're basically like. Lasagna noodles that are like filled with jelly. They're bad. They're giant yeah. centipede looking dudes with lobster claws. And... Yeah. And if you pinprick them, they just goosh. Yeah. If you want to kill them, I just think you give them a bear hug. Goosh. As for the audience. <laughs> I mean, Rachel does kill one of them with a bear hug. <laughs> yeah, she does. So. Just... So they're, they're very delicate. If yeah. we're talking about plot holes, yeah. Jake's plan of flooding the valley is not going to hurt the taxons. They don't drown. No, they swim. We know that. Do yeah. they do anything to help? They look useless. They do seem pretty useless. They they drive a lot of ships and they do a lot of... Here's the thing about the taxons, though. If they get even the tiniest cut on their horrible goo flesh, they just sort of rip open. And then all the other taxons eat them because they're a cannibalistic society. Why and they're always it... hungry. Yeah, but why isn't it filled with poison? Why isn't the taxing filled with poison? Because yes. they didn't evolve that way. I mean, Jeez. it does taste very bad, Jake always says, when he bites into one. Yeah, when he accidentally Why swallows some of their guts, he's always like, that was unpleasant. But if, a tiger. It, if it was a poison, let's really think about this, what? they would do something. If it was a poison, that would not be compatible with their intense species-wide hunger. Yeah. Because oh, they their eat whole each species other is like... whenever injured, because they just, they never, they're always starving. They literally cannot help okay. themselves. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they will eat dirt until they starve to death from the lack of nutrients in it if they have nothing else. Uh, and if they were poisonous, then that would have really been a quick one for the test. <laughs> yeah. That would have been just, just been done. And I think that would have been, been okay. I don't think we need them. I don't think, you know, they need They don't them. add much. Yeah. No. They don't really add much. They the, What they add is a thin layer of horror and disgust to every More scene More disgust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is 
this is a series about body horror and thermals. So yeah. they, they add a, body horror and thermals. They add a little bit of that uh, that that cannibalism factor to the body horror. Yeah, yeah. It's just in case just in case none of the animorphs accidentally eat another animal while they're in morph. Uh, we still always have that weird body food horror. That's I think what the taxons provide. Probably the taxons are also there so that they had like a tier of henchmen lower than the hork bajir, mm-hmm. which. What did you get about the hork I think the hork are good, um, people's not the right word. They look like people. I mean, yeah, they're people with special powers. Kind right? of. What kind of powers do you think they have? Um, one of them was, uh, clairvoyant, the leader. Um, oh, yeah. I do know that. You know, but as far, they didn't really describe the other ones. I know that she was special, yeah. but, um, I mean, if you call special having, like, blades and stuff on your body and you can, like, climb up things and do crazy shit with trees, <laughs> then maybe they're special. Yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. showing pic- Val a picture from the hork Chronicles. It's the green one there. And the blue oh, one's that... a misrepresentation of Andalites. That is actually way scarier than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly thought it would be, like, some real beautiful person. Looking oh, creature. Well, yeah. I like that. Yeah. A beautiful person just covered in swords. Yes. That's like actually that how, yeah. It's like a Final Fantasy figure. Yeah, I think they should have gone that way, honestly. But. Yeah. So once yeah. again, this is the first book where they showed up and then we're not described at all. In yeah. <laughs> no, you just have to know. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I really want to talk about these campers. Yeah, let's do it. Everything about... Everything that went down with them was like, what are you doing? What is this? What is? I'm so embarrassed for what's happening. I'm embarrassed <laughs> knowing Val's reading this. Because <laughs> it's just a mess. Like, okay, if you're trying to scare away campers and you can become a tiger or a bear, oh my, you can just do it. You can just scare them off immediately and it's fine. But instead they went as humans and didn't have a plan. And they're just like, hey, there's like a storm coming. Y'all should head out. And the weather's perfect. The weather's perfect. Yeah, we have, it's the future. We have technology that tells us you're lying. And then they're like, fine, we're aliens. (laughs) And they don't even, they don't even commit to being aliens. They tell them, no, we're humans. At least commit to being fake aliens. That's what I want. Look, You're th- just giving up on cover. This fits with their their policy that they followed before. Like when they um, when they demorphed in front of that um, Alaskan native, and he was like, "Oh, your spirits." And I'm like, "Well, no, no, we're not. We're we're just dudes." Yeah. They've always said. They've always clarified in the past. Whenever That's somebody fair. has been like, "Oh, you must be this sort of," and they're like, "We we're not. We're just people." Yeah. So that that fits. I buy that. What I don't buy is sending fucking Jake and Tobias to bullshit these people instead of Marco, right. who would have just bullshitted them until they left out of sheer exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. This was this was a Marco and Rachel task. Right. That was given to Tobias and Jake and should not have. Marco bullshits on it, and if that doesn't work, Rachel, Rachel just, just morphs a bear out of the woods. Just Starts a bear knocking the shit around. Ugh. Yeah, and then, so they recruit them? They recruit them? Hello, teens. Would you like to fight a war with us? Uh-huh. What about your dad? I mean, okay, I will say, I have said in the past that they should be recruiting more actively. This is... That's bad recruiting. Yeah, this is the worst kind of recruiting. <laughs> you just picked up some teens from the forest. You did At not... least pick up your teens in a construction site. 
if you're gonna pick up teens, you got the Escafil device. Like, give them morphine powers before you send them up against an army of pork bajir with spears. This is the Battle of Endor from Return of the Jedi. Right? That's what this is. <laughs> yes, it is. This is, this the, is what that is. <laughs> the pork bajir setting traps with rocks and spikes and shit. Yes, or whatever the Star Trek equivalent of that is, because they are Trekkies. Right. Yeah. And they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. No. They don't understand it. No. And I don't think neither Jake nor Tobias do a great job explaining. Yeah. Like, they kind of skim over the important bits. Yerks and, and Horkbegir and Freedom. But boy, boy, I don't think they underlined it well enough. It seemed like Richard was very certain that they were essentially playing laser tag. Yeah. Yeah, and then he fails and then he dies. <laughs> Which, is that a statement of... Of something, yeah, I'm certain it. I'm. I feel like there's probably a, there's a lot of sentiments about freedom and war and fighting for your location and your rights, but none of it's well thought out or well done. <laughs> like I don't, I don't really know what the message is. I know that there is one. I, I think the message is even if you do what Jake said in the first place and flee the valley. You definitely need to stay there and lose a bunch of people first because symbolism is important. Yeah, I was so frustrated when they got to the end and it was like, oh, we were out of pages because we wasted so much time in the flashbacks. How do we wrap this up quickly? Oh, we fought for our home and a bunch of us died. So now we're going to bail because we know that this is our home. No, just don't. <laughs> just why don't you just not have all those people die? Like in the And in the flashback... I think it's different because it's like an encroaching army that if you fight off, this town is probably going to be safe for a while. Also, the town's very strategically important. Yes. The Horkbegir Valley is not. They can just Once the cover is blown, yes. And they also have that long conversation where they're talking about all of the reasons why they can't just go into like the suburban area forest. And then that's not resolved. They just do that, I guess. Oh, man, that has uh, just a real choice quote. Axe says that humans are the least tolerant species in the galaxy, which is pretty fucking <laughs> yeah, rich coming fucking from an Andalite. <laughs> it is not accurately uh, presented in here, but they are the most arrogant motherfuckers. Mm, they are assholes. They're real, real assholes. They're America. Yeah, Andalites they're, are, they're okay. symbolically yeah. America. Uh, so that was all. I found that all very frustrating. Yeah. Well, I, also, Toby was, like, just real gung-ho on staying and dying for this valley. And, like, not ten books or so ago, she was ready to fuck off to the hork homeworld and join the Resistance there. Yeah. So what? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Toby? Maybe she saw something in the future. It was like, no, we definitely fight this battle and lose half our numbers, but it's totes worth it. Yeah, see, I don't think she saw anything. I don't, I don't think she, she knows what the fuck's going on. I don't think so either. It's I... implied in the hork Chronicles that the big difference between a, a hork seer and a regular one is that the seers are just smarter. Yeah. Mm. And they, they are described as clairvoyant, but it's we're not certain if they actually are or if they just are, think if they're just like smarter than the yeah. regular horde creature. I don't see her as being clairvoyant with yeah. how this whole thing went down. Yeah. I was pleased to hear that the Horkbegir were doing like raids. Like the free Horkbegir were raiding compounds and getting new like capturing Horkbegir and freeing them. That really made me happy. I'm surprised that they haven't had one captured before now. I'm kind of too. I assume they probably have some sort of suicide pack where if they're going to get captured they'll they'll 
keep that from happening. Well, yeah, I mean, like, other than Toby and, like, the rest of the Horkbajir that have been conceived and born since they moved to the valley, they all have lived with the Yurk in their head. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they would all rather die than go back to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it seemed weird to me that... The Animorphs, upon learning this, that their plan wasn't we need to go either recapture that one Hork-Bajir or kill that one Hork-Bajir so that they can't lead them to the valley. Because as, if you can keep them from getting to the valley, then they'll never be able to find the valley. Because it's hidden with science magic. Elemist magic. Yep. So, so you have to have basically have been there. You have to be taken there before you can find it. So none of the Yurks can find it until somebody takes them there. And I actually can see how that book would play out, too, because there'd be a whole... It would be a Cassie POV. There'd be a whole (laughs) bunch of internal (laughs) argument about whether it's ethical to to kill this this one one Hork-Bajir, even though in the course of trying to get to this one Hork-Bajir, they will have killed, like... 20 just in uh melee fights yep. so but but she'll be real torn up about having to snipe it or whatever yeah and whether th- whether that one hork life and also the 20 hork up to that one hork life were worth the valley and all the hork in the valley because they're free and how does that yeah. yeah as established we don't talk about the controllers we murder uh, <laughs> no no I- incidentally <laughs> only the ones that we plan to murder <laughs> are important to cassie <laughs> It's been about a half an hour of discussion of the the present day. Yeah. Let's talk about mm. the fucking flashbacks <laughs> and how ha- bad do they are. Do we have to? Do we have to though? I think we do. Yeah. It was half of a book. Yeah. We do. No, y'all. Yeah. Okay. Well, what would you like to talk about instead? Nothing. Okay, so I think we should else. go ahead and talk okay, about it. Okay. Okay. What do you guys have to say about it? Val, you go first oh, since you hate old-timey things that are set when in When I got into that, I was, oh man, I was like, oh shit. When I started reading that, I was like, I'm not sure that I'm going to get through this. Mm, I've had similar yeah. feelings. Yeah, and there was yeah. a part of me that just wanted to skip those chapters. Yes. And just keep reading like it was just one book and just and now take them out. you're making us talk about it. But we have because it's in there. You had to read it. Yeah. I thought about it, but I thought it was going to actually move the story forward, the other part of the story. And, and it turns that it didn't yeah. so it's almost like a separate book almost yes it that is, is not even part of the animorphs it, nothing it's two unrelated novellas spliced together yeah you could have skipped those chapters as it turns out and yeah. missed nothing yeah yep pretty much i mean it was just a story about a war yeah the civil war battle i mean that's all that it was it's very simple yeah and isaiah and jake are supposed to be our parallels in this analogy mm-hmm. but they're not like at all yeah. no and the hork and the free slaved men who join the army are supposed to be parallels but they're not yeah. and that's what i think i mentioned in my intro that it was somewhat of a <laughs> parallel it yeah. was intended to be it just didn't land like it, if you it, wanted to be real, real, real loose with it, <laughs> you could say that the paternalistic attitude taken towards the people who are most oppressed and have the most to lose in this conflict is paralleled between Jake and Isaiah. But that's it. That's and generous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's... The thing is, it's clearly it's clearly only the most surface level things are paralleled and none of the actual plot or attitudes other than the paternalistic thing. But even that is played out much differently in the flashbacks. 
I, I do feel like there was a parallel with the black men and the hork Yeah. I, the thing that caught me up about that is that um, those freed slaves were, were coming down from, like, the hills where they'd been basically hiding out uh, into this village that did not want them and was very overt about that. Whereas the hork were in their homes, defending their homes. So, like, even that circumstance, mm-hmm. which is kind of super important to both of those stories, wasn't paralleled in the right way. It wasn't, yeah. And, like, it, it very easily could have been. Like, you, it just could have been. been. Yeah. Like, it didn't need to be, unless this was, like, a specific battle that they were referencing. Maybe Ellen Guru was referencing a specific battle. You know, I should have looked that up, but I uh, cared so little about the Isaiah Fitzhenry portions of this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, it's just like even even symbolically, they weren't really, they didn't resonate mm-hmm. in the right, right way for that theme to continue. I, well, I, the, I am glad at least that we didn't get a weird magical realism parallel mm. of Isaiah Fitzhenry flooding the town to uh, drive <laughs> off the Confederates. Or would that have been better? No, I think that would have been worse, actually. Really? Um, I would have hated it either way. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> if that true. If that were the only thing that were changed, I probably would have still not liked it. Yeah. 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 Because Jake didn't even read the journal before. No, he didn't. Maybe the most frustrating part is that the flashbacks were also a flashback of Jake finishing this book that we were reading and then going back and reading this journal. So it's not like he's thinking about it and what he read throughout this process. It's entirely unrelated. I'm not sure, was it even actually established that he bothered to go back and read the journal? Because he seemed like he was not super interested in reading about someone else's (laughs) war at the beginning. So I was thinking that we're getting this story and Jake didn't even fucking read it. That's a good point. Actually, I like that theory. (laughs) Yeah, that is the funniest option. (laughs) That actually makes me feel better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, perfect. Perfect and amazing. I think that's it about that. I mean, yeah, it's got uh, it about this book. It's got some unfortunate language and some um, phonetic accents I could have done without. Mm. Uh, And yeah, yeah. Well, I do want to say there was one reference that I really appreciated in the book regarding Britney Spears and (laughs) Brandy, but but not. The drink, Brandy, the singer. Yeah. Which, thank you so much for putting that, because it is 2018, (laughs) and we have forgotten about you, Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag remember Brandy. Remember Brandy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's entirely fair. Um, I guess I did want to say that uh, I think the the Hork-Bajir Valley must have been much smaller than I had been picturing it as previously. Um. Because they were able to flood it with, like, I think Axe said, like, an Olympic swimming pool yeah. amount of water, which, that's a lot of water, but I was picturing a way more expansive valley. So this must have been way more narrow, which I guess fits, because that's sort of how they lived on yeah. the home world. Yeah, you'd want someplace narrow where there are a lot of trees bunched together. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that makes sense. And so, the Horkfugier can deal with the water, because they'll just climb. And we get... I want to know, so Val, there was a little bit in here where it was a completely different font set off at the bottom oh, of the chapter. fuck me. 
And we've been seeing those for a few books. We have no idea what they are or who's saying them. It was something like very soon now. Yeah, hold on. I wrote it down. Let me find it. The countdown has begun. It will all that. be over very, very I, soon. That's definitely foreshadowing something happening soon. Something? Yeah, yeah, something that I'm certain will live up to What soon. do you think that is? Yeah, because do you have we a have guess? no fucking idea. No, we both had very good guesses that are <sighs> 100% going... Well, one of them's going to happen. Honestly, it could be like, um, you know, the TV show Colony situation where... This, this is just a little piece that's going on here on Earth. There's something bigger going on that is over everything. And some shit is going to happen from above. That's okay. really perceptive. Yeah. That's true. That's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very fair. When you started that sentence, I thought you were going to reference the Animorphs TV show. I know nothing about that. We didn't have Nickelodeon in Hillsborough. Yeah, I, oh, I didn't have Nickelodeon either. I, I have never watched in the woods watched it, to get cable. Heard of it? I watched it at a friend, my friend Emily's house. I went over to her house because she had cable, and we were both Animorphs fans because we were in the Animorphs fan club together, and we watched it together. It was really good. Animorphs Alliance, baby! Hell yeah! I feel like I was more of a Goosebumps kid. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, we, the, we did have somebody uh, at us on Twitter and say that they hope that we do Goosebumps after we're done with Animorphs. But dude, there's like 300 of those books or something. That is a lot. That's a lot of my life. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. If there, if there were no other Goosebumps podcasts... I would maybe consider it. There are, though. Yeah, that's the thing, though. There are, I'm certain. I feel like there's probably no series from this time period that has not been uncovered. Yeah, we're not even the first or only or best Animorphs podcast. Right? We have nothing. We have nothing, really. (laughs) Wow, there's more Animorphs podcasts. There's a whole bunch. Yeah, we're all friends on Twitter. Really? (laughs) Now, is everybody's, like, name as cool? Vandalites. Um, some of them are... The Wonder Yerks is a pretty great <laughs> name. The oh, Wonder Yerks is very good. Uh, I do like the Dork Bajir. Yeah, the Dork Bajir Chronicles. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Thought Speak is a pretty good it's one. pretty good. That's such a classy one. Yeah, it is classy. Yeah, and here we are. Just a little podcast in a sea of other podcasts. Yep. Fandalites. We yeah. were, we were, our first pitch was uh, Fanamorphs, but I was already taken by an Animorph podcast that got like two episodes oh, in sadness. and then stopped. Yeah. 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 And now that name's taken forever. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it, it's nice that there are other podcasts because what I have learned, and normally the fandom is what ruins a thing I like for me. <laughs> but the Animorphs fandom that we've been exposed to, the other podcasts, the fandoms of those podcasts, and just the Animorphs fandom in general has been pretty great and chill and awesome yeah yes the mm-hmm. the animorph fans that we again that we come in contact with right are very cool and wonderful and they send us very nice emails oh yes which we feel very that's very kind some, yeah some pretty great if you're art. listening that is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> i do before we wrap it up i do have a question for you yeah guys. Oh, yeah yeah so i was a little confused it briefly mentioned Visor one? Is it Visor or Visor? Visor. 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 Yeah. Visor one was the old Visor three. Yeah. What does that mean? Ugh. Oh. So okay. Visor three was like, has been like their enemy for like the last 
45 books. Yeah, they're main. They're main oh, enemy. The He's like the leader of the Earth invasion. Mm-hmm. And okay. they have a personal beef because he thinks that they're all Andalites, aliens with morphing. He doesn't know that they're humans. Also, they made him uh, bathe in grape juice once, telling him <laughs> that it would make the skunk smell go away. Instead of tomato juice. Yeah, and he did not care for that. Yeah, no, which is fair. And also he has this thing where he really wants to eat them because he's into Vor. So that's Visor 3 in a nutshell. Recently, I think, was it, is it two books ago at this point? Three books? Yeah, two books, I think. Yeah, so since we're past all of the filler books, which have been the last 20 books or so. Oh, this wasn't a filler book? A little bit. Yeah, this is a little bit. Yeah, more so than the last couple. Yeah, Yeah. it's later than it should be for a filler book. Yeah, but the last couple books, so Visor 3 has, Visor 1 died and so Visor 3 got uh, that position. Oh, got promoted. Right. V- Visor yeah. 1, the Yerk, died because Visor 1 was in Marco's mom, which okay. is why Marco's Drama. mom and dad are living That's... in the hork Valley. I was wondering, because the Yerks <laughs> think... how did they get access to <laughs> yeah. the hork Because that's where they've been sense. living, because the Yerks think that uh, Marco and his dad are dead, and that also the host, the former host, his mom, Ava, of Visor 1 is dead, because... If they didn't think that they were dead, they would come after them. Yeah, so it's Marco's Marco's been living in the Chi Underground Dog Park. So sweet, jealous. Right? Yeah, way better. Yeah, real way sweet. better than high school. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? One more thing I wanted yeah. to to do that just occurred to me. So, at the beginning of this, Jake's mom is like, "Yo, clean out the basement so you have somewhere to hang with your friends." Jake's mom knows. That his best friend since birth oh, just fucking no. died. Oh, right? no. oh that's beautiful. Oh, no, I forgot. Oh, my God. As far as Jake's mom oh, knows, no. Marco just got murdered in a home oh, invasion. That... And she's like, if you clean out the basement, you can hang out with your friends. Ha ha ha. You know, like <laughs> like you like your cousin. Because <laughs> you'll be six feet under like them. Oh, oh man. I wish you could all see the hand motion Brent just did. The, ce- the celebratory. Sound. <laughs> yeah, so what the fuck? Oh my god, yeah, that's a great horrible point. Yeah. I would have read this differently if I would have known that. It, it oh goes man. Like, well, I mean, they they would have explained it if it had been literally any of yes. the books before this <laughs> yeah. in the first chapter. Uh, oh. Yeah, I guess it just goes back yeah. to no good parents in the Animorphs. No good parents in the Animorphs. I feel real intense now after learning that. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel almost like you should read the first couple chapters of one of the other books just so that you can get a feel for the vast, vast difference between the the blank slate experience with this one and the blank slate experience with any of the other mm-hmm. books so far because yeah. you would have been way less confused for much of it. Although, to be fair, you got so yeah, much more information. Honestly, yeah, yeah, you actually hit the nail on the head Almost every single time. Yeah. 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 Axe was the only big deviance. Yeah. And that's, that's Axe's And that fault. was They rough. didn't really He's describe Axe at all. No. Not even close. They don't think they even mentioned They mentioned Stalk Eyes a couple yeah. times. Oh, and I was like, yeah. what's Val going to think of these? But that's it. <laughs> they never gave any other physical description of Axe until Axe was a beaver. <sighs> at least I knew that Axe was different in some way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you did figure that out. I was able to gather out. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the non-corporeal entity is a logical assumption for somebody using the thought speak yeah. format. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, is there anything else we wanted to cover in these books? 
I don't so Val, you got anything else that you wanted to ask Any about question? or you know, I don't think so. I think uh we pretty much summed up all that we could given we only had half of a book technically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh well thanks for joining us, dear. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Uh next book is book forty eight, The Return. Actually. Actually. Oh. Next time, we'll be reading the Elemist Chronicles. Oh, okay. Because we were going to read it before the last book, since chronologically that's where it takes place, but we were warned that it came out the same month as 47, and we would be real pissed off like we were (laughs) with the the Andalite Chronicles if we didn't read it now. So next book is the the Elemist Chronicles. Okay. I'm excited about that. There's hesitation there. Well, I... I, 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 you know, the Chronicles can be weird sometimes, and I'm a little worried. I'm flashing back to that, the weird text in the last couple books that stands out, and I'm wondering if that's not a lead up to the Illumis Chronicles. Like there's a layer above Krayak and the Illumist. Yeah. And that's the, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, or that it's the Drode. Well, the Drode doesn't use that font. We've seen the fucking Drode. The d- <laughs> like this. The countdown's begun. <laughs> It'll all happen very, very soon. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to tell us anything or lend based us for that drone voice, uh, you can email us fandalites at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at fandalites. Our Tumblr is fandalites.tumblr.com. Um, and our website is fandalites.com. Uh, thanks to Dustin Odell for the use of his music for our intro and outro. Uh, you can hear more of his stuff at dustinodell.bandcamp.com. It's really good. Thanks again to Val for joining us this Thank episode. Thank you, Val. Thank you. This was probably my first and my last podcast. Well, you say that now. Who knows? We're going to loop you in for our Goosebumps podcast. Right. Yeah. Uh, and until next time, remember, nostalgia is a drug. Nostalgia is a drug.